Welcome back to the Across the Board Podcast. I'm your host, Chandler Adams, here with the ever-so-wonderful John Kaufman. How's it going, John? So this is going to be, uh, I'm really excited. This is really cool. Yeah, I said I mastered it, but then I just realized that I was still stuck on the intro screen, but we're here now. We're videoed in. Um, we've... <laughs> you are the... <laughs> It's the Dunning Kruger effect. Have you, you know what that is? Have you ever heard of that before? No. No. It's the uh, it's the concept of uh, the the less people know about things, the more confident they feel Ooh, uh, the like they are that. in that not in that subject. And then it's like the more you know, the more you realize how much there is to actually know. <laughs> so like people that barely understand stuff usually o- way overrate their confidence um, in that subject. Mm. And like experts. On the other hand, experts are like, whoa, I don't, you know, look, there's a lot I don't know. And you're like, yeah, but you're like an expert. You know what I mean? Like, you know, almost everything. So, but yep, it's the, that's the Dunning-Kruger effect. My mom just said hello. <laughs> oh, hey, hey mom. At least we have one listener. No, I'm kidding. We actually, All right. I can see how many viewers we have. This is awesome. All right. Well, anyway, this sweatshirt, as you can see, um, they were made by Skylar and Shea Freemoth. Let me make sure. Okay, yeah, it's made with love. Final design on Facebook. You can go like them. If you want one of these, um, she charged twenty-five dollars. I'm not gonna make any money off it, so I'm gonna charge you guys twenty-five dollars. If I have to ship it, I'll charge that. But if you guys want one, let us know. Uh, they're super awesome. They're the most comfortable sweatshirt I've ever worn. Um, and then also before we get started, some exciting news. Paul Bacara. You can find him at Twitter or at Paul underscore Ryan 15, I believe. Um, if yep. not, just go to my tweets. I've tweeted him lately. Hey, him, me, John. We've been really trying to get together a fantasy football um, squad to help you guys with everything. You guys can go to across the board for your fantasy needs and We've got a lot of things going. I think we're up to maybe six, almost eight members of the team. It's going to be really exciting. And then also on that note, John and I are going to be doing Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter lives on Sunday mornings to help you guys set your lineups, even though we're going to, we used to be that struggling on Sunday morning to set the thing. But uh, Oh man. Yep. Uh, Johnny Tinker, that's for sure, on Sunday morning, just sitting there for the last like hour, hour and a half. But yeah, now we'll get to go online uh, and uh, help people with their lineups, submit lineup questions. We'll do it all live. So, you know, you get right through and, hey, should I start this guy, sit this guy? Like, what's going on? You know, bad weather here, What you know, anything, whatever you can come up with, uh, we'll be happy to try to help you. And then we'll reassess on Monday and uh, figure out where we uh, went right and went wrong. And then, you know, we'll just go from there. But uh, yeah, we'll have your back come this fall. Heck yes. Um, and with that, I heard John through a little birdie that you have an impossible trivia question for me to start the show. So, yeah, I mean, we were talking about fantasy stuff. Let's get it. Uh, let's get this started off. And obviously, the uh, listeners can chime in. So, um, this is a pretty cool one. So, uh, here's the question. Um, since the since the start of the 2000 NFL season, uh, and this is through 2018. So this does not count last season. So uh, try to disregard 2019 if you can. Um, but yeah, so since the start of the 2000 season, there are six quarterbacks who have 
top 12 fantasy performances in at least 50% of their starts. So, again, since the start of 2000, uh, there have only been six quarterbacks, uh, 2000 through 2018, that have top 12 performances in at least 50% of their starts. Um, obviously, there are six correct answers, so the idea is we'll see how many uh, guesses it takes for you to get to uh, for, for you to get all six right. So whenever you're ready, all let right. me know, and uh, I'll let you know. Hi, Mary. Thank you for watching. <laughs> Got another comment. Um, cool. Hi, Mary. <laughs> all right. My six guesses. I'm just going to name six people that first came to the top of my head, and I guarantee recency bias is going to be in play in this. So, oh, wait. So they could be – they could have just played like one year. So they could have just played 2018. Okay, I'll tell you this. I will give this out, okay? The uh, 17 starts is the minimum okay. for this question, okay? So that there's one quarterback with 17. Okay, so Everybody Patrick else, Mahomes. Okay, that's one. Then don't tell me if I'm right or wrong. I'm going to try to list them all. Matt Stafford, okay. Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning for uh, top 12. Yeah, six QBs, top 12 okay, fantasy four, finishes. Right. Uh, okay, Mahomes is correct. The rest and of the I'll, three were wrong. You have one out of the three correct. Damn it. So you got two wrong guesses in there. Okay, you got to tell me which one it is. I'm All right, so Peyton Manning is correct. Okay, so Peyton Manning and Stafford Patrick Stafford and Roethlisberger are incorrect. Okay, um, let's see. Deshaun Watson. That is correct. Yeah. All right. Good job. It's Good job. not Lamar Jackson because he's too recent. Correct. Yeah. Only tw 2019 does not count. So I'm trying to think of the great quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Like Russell Wilson's not a good not a good fantasy quarterback because they're run first. Um. Yeah. He has his years. That's for sure. But yeah, there are but, some I mean, when they're talent when they're a good team and they're running compared to fantasy value. Not it's right. the most. Okay, um, those three. Okay, you got to give me a hint. How many are retired? Uh, let's see. There are only one retired. Is that Peyton Manning? Oh, sorry, you got Manning okay. already. There's one more retired quarterback. Yep. Okay, well, I'm going to go on a limb and say, is Matt Ryan one of them? He's not. Yeah, that's a bad guess. All right. <laughs> uh. He's on the list, though. Everybody I've asked this question to guesses Matt Ryan so far. Michael Vick. So, nope. Mm. I'm trying to think of like mobile quarterbacks that are able to score. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. There's a there's a very obvious one that you're missing uh, that's playing now and is excellent. It has been for quite some time now in the NFC. Drew Brees. Damn it. Nope. What? Ooh, Stumper. Yeah, not Drew Brees. Oh, Scott Rout just got just saved my butt. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, correct. Gosh, yep. I'm, That's I'm one of them. Totally. Okay. There's two left. One uh, sec. One of them. One, one, one second, is, John. I'm sorry. We have. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're asking for a repeat of question. The question is. Okay. Quarterbacks since 2000. That. 2000 through 2018. That have 
scored in the top 12 50% of the time. Fan, like As a quarterback, scored in the top 12 of quarterbacks 50% of their starts. At least. At least. Yeah. So it's been Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Peyton Manning. Yep. I'm three. Got two more. And, they're and both we guessed. Playing. Uh, no, one is retired. Oh. One is still playing. And we guessed Breeze, Vic, Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, Roethlisberger are all incorrect. Well, it's like it's just it's it's haunting me. So I have to say it, but it's not Tom Brady, is it? Correct. It's not. Okay. Um, I don't know, man. I I'm trying to think of quarterbacks uh, I would go after in fantasy. Recently retired. We got a question. Like, what about Cam Newton? That's one of them. Cam Newton. That's correct. Look, yep. Scott route. Scott is destroying this. All right, Scott, I'm going to you. Who's the sixth? That's impressive. Who's the sixth? Thunder County asked Wilson. No, it's not Wilson. No. For whatever it's just not Russell Wilson. We were just talking. It's like Wilson's fantasy value compared to his actual ability is it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. I say that all the time. But they they just don't use him. They don't they they run when, first. Here's the key. When you think Seattle's going to be good, just don't take Russell Wilson in fantasy. When you think Seattle's going to be behind every game, take Russell they, that's the year you want Russell Wilson because he's going to he'll throw, you know, three uh, the last half of the third quarter and all the fourth quarter, he's throwing on every play, and that's when you get the crazy Russell Wilson performances. So, but yeah. Um, all right, one quarterback left. It's a big name, and he and he just retired. He just retired. Yep. One of the worst days uh, last September. This was awful. Why am I totally blanking? I just about went with Dak Prescott, by the way, because. No. Oh. Um. Why? Why can I not think of anybody? No way! It was not nope. Eli. No. Oh, okay. No, last year. Last year. Oh, okay, yeah. The so you're talking like first two seasons ago. Now. So in uh, September last year, he retired. Shockingly. Oh my Shockingly. god! <laughs> Andrew yep. Luck. Of course. There you go. Scott there got go. it. By the way, Scott was three for three. We answered at the same time. Oh, he nailed Scott, it. I didn't cheat off you. Who got Cam Newton? Scott. Okay. That one is like when you think about his seasons, like you re- you're like, "Oh wow, you know, Newton, obviously we think of him as a really good quarterback, but like I just didn't realize that's the last that everyone gets that one last. That one took me a long time to get. Like I was like I don't know. I mean, it's it makes sense, but it's also like, "Wow, I just didn't I guess I didn't realize. Like he always gets crapped on. I feel like he doesn't get a lot of credit ever. Like he's just this terrible, you know, inaccurate, but like with the rushing and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. he's incredible, but yep. Yeah, so Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton, all uh, at least 50% of their starts have been top 12 finishes, weekly finishes since 2000. That's super impressive. That's really um, impressive. And I had, the, I had the list of like the number of starts written down before. Manning's is ridiculous. It's like, you know, he, he started like 290 games or whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, it's insane to have that kind of performance that long, but yep. Anyways, uh, fun trivia question. Thanks for uh, all those. Thanks for participating, everybody. That was really cool. So, oh, thanks Thunder County for. Sorry, John. I, I also am trying to. Res- I, I'm, I'm like overwhelmed with the chat bar. <laughs> like, I just want to stare at that. But the Thunder County. I know it's cool. Thank you for tuning in. 
love what you guys are doing over there as well. Um, so we've got we've got an exciting group to cover today. Defensive backs. Yeah. Um, I would argue this is the most – it is the hardest to determine who's going to be great at the next level, I would hmm. say. Why do you think that? I, because like Brendan said on our podcast with him – uh, it's just coverage can change so vastly year to year. I mean, think about Christian Fulton. Spoiler alert, he's not in John's top five. But last year, if he were able to go into the draft last year, I, he might be QB1 for most people. Yeah. Um, and then injuries and stuff this year slowed him down. Yep. But So it's just it's just a hard thing to judge. There's obviously people like Jeffrey Kuda who, you know, presumably will go into the NFL and not miss a beat. But – yeah, it's just a tough. It's a tough position. It's not like O line or D line where it's just kind of all you all you know everything that's going to happen. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right. Um, you so you get the into first it? thing we need to clear up. Yeah, but the first thing we need to clear up real fast. And I, I was dying for this pod because or this video. Uh, so which when you when I say the the uh, the, the nickname DB University DBU which university is that? Well. People like to say LSU, but and I, my dad, he's listening right now. He'll be the first to tell you I hate on Ohio State all the time. <clears throat> it's got to be Ohio State. I think Ohio State so, has to be defensive. You right now, you got the Bosa brothers, you got Chase Young, you had obviously terrible injury. Ryan Shazier. Um, then you know if yeah. you want to throw Darren Lee in there, he can play at an NFL level. Malcolm Jenkins, yep. Marshawn Lattimore, Denzel Ward. Jeffrey yep. Akuda. But yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm assuming you wanted me to say either LSU or Ohio State, but I think it's LSU is known as DBU. Yeah, which right? is dumb. Like that's they, since 1999, Ohio State has had 10 quarter cornerbacks, 10 drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. No school has more than five. Well, I want to. So oh, uh, two things. you can take that DBU thing. No, it, that's this. is We're renaming it right now. This is official. Okay. LSU, I'm sorry, they they got a lot of cool stuff going on down there, and it's not a knock or anything. You can be second DBU or, you know, whatever. But Ohio State is DB University. That's the end of it. It's definitive. We're done. Okay. All right. Just wanted to put that out there. But I also I want to clear <laughs> up that whole first round thing. Yeah. Scott, yes, you were three for three. You killed it. Um. Yeah, that's impressive. I uh, I don't I don't like that. Like even um, Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport will tweet it. Former first round pick or. Because I understand, like, yes, the, the Buckeyes have had 10 defensive backs taken. But also there's, like, the Garyon Conleys and the Eli Apples. But still, they, they are still, I think, you know, just – and people want to hate on Denzel Ward because he's a Cleveland Brown. But Marshawn Lattimore and Denzel Ward are two of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Denzel Ward in man coverage and single press man coverage is one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Marshawn Lattimore mm-hmm. is just one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Hey, bud. Um, it, it, I would almost argue that, especially with our boy Xavier McKinney coming out of this year's draft, um, Alabama yep. should almost, and Trayvon Diggs too, maybe surpass LSU like in my rankings. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Are yeah. you? You want me to? You want me to show your rankings now? Yeah, we're ready to go. I'm All ready right. if you are. Here's John's rankings of his cornerbacks. You can see here. Bench press 11 times. He had 11 reps at the bench. Um, so, uh, Hall, 
the guys past Christian Fulton are all um, very, very close. Uh, and there might be one thing that, you know, kind of like better than, um, I don't know, one attribute that stands out. Or for me, a lot of the times with a lot of these ranking lists, um, I kind of focus on some of the negative stuff. Like what, what can't you do? You know, what is your one weakness or two weaknesses? Or, you know, what's the thing that stands out that's going to make it um, – either difficult for a coach to fix at the next level or schematically where like a team, you know, they can't even consider drafting you because, you know, maybe they play mostly zone and you're just not, you know, you've never played zone or you're not much of a zone corner or what have you. Um, you know, like you have to go to a team that plays, you know, cover one, cover zero, you know, press man, stuff like that. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, so with Bryce Hall, he's just, he's just kind of clunky. He's just, he's not very fluid. Um, but he does make up for that with, uh, a really nice football IQ and awareness. He, he does seem to be, um, in the right spots at the right time, despite the fact that he's not like the most athletic guy. Um, at least it doesn't show up on tape. And like I said, he didn't run at the combine. So, um, number nine, uh, Noah, uh, Igbenogany from Auburn. Um, he's just raw. So he's only been playing corner for two years. Um, Noah is 5'10", 198, 31 and three quarter inch arms, ran a 4'4", 40, 37 vertical, 128 in the broad jump, and he repped, uh, what do you do, 15 reps on the bench. So, yeah, just a raw guy. Really physical, though. He's a uh, plays the run really well. He's a, he's a good, solid tackler. He just, you know, he just needs time. That's all. Just needs time to develop. Um, now, for number eight, A.J. Terrell from Clemson, uh, hey, he is... Yes, sir. I hate to interrupt you, but I've got some great oh, news please. for Browns fans. Oh, excellent. He's sorry if you're not a Browns fan. But real quick, Browns are signing veteran defensive end Adrian Claiborne to a two-year, $6 million deal. Whoa. Here, get, You want to hear something crazy? Here's the top five edge rushers with 200-plus snaps and their win rate according to PFF last year. You ready? Miles yeah. Garris, number one. No, Miles Garris, number two. J.J. Uh, okay. Watt was .3 higher. Okay. Um, J.J. Watts one, Miles Garrett two, Joey Bosa third, Zadarius Smith fourth, fifth, Adrian Claiborne. Wow. Nice pass. Wow. All right. Yeah, so now we can do this in uh, more excited fashion. But, yeah, yeah. sorry, go that's, on, A.J. Terrell. No, that's great. That's solid. That's a really good signing. So, And, and you said two years, six million? Yeah. Oh, nice. Wow, okay. I didn't know those that's deals pretty, existed anymore. That's a good bargain. Um, yeah, number eight, A.J. Terrell from Clemson, um, 6'1", 195. 31 and a quarter inch arms, 4'4", 240, so he's a blazer, uh, 34 and a half inch vertical, 129 the broad jump, and 15 reps on the bench. Um, so Terrell is uh, long, and which is great, which is exactly what you want to see for you know a cornerback of his size. He's, he's even long for 6'1". So this is a, a man corner. He's going to play a lot of press man coverage in the NFL. He was really good at it at Clemson. Um, Super fluid guy. His body is in sync with his hands and his eyes. Like he, um, he plays the position kind of how you would hope uh, or teach it, I should say. Like he, his tape is, um, it looks like kind of like a uh, a cornerback. Um, you know, like if you're at a, a cornerback, uh, 
you know, camp and you saw some tape, it would probably be AJ Terrell. So um, he's a nice player. Um, number seven, Damon Arnett from Ohio State. Uh, six foot 195. He's got 30 inch arms, so kind of short there. Um, four, five, six, 40. And he did not do vertical, uh, the broad jump or the bench uh, at the combine. Um, so Arnett is going to be a zone corner, and more specifically, he'll probably be a boundary corner uh, in the NFL, which, you know, no big deal. It's just the field corners are guys that can cover a lot more ground, a lot more territory, and that's not Ar- um, Arnett's strength. Um, he did start 53 games, so he's got plenty of experience. So I think this is a, um, this is a high floor guy without maybe the highest ceiling. So probably a really safe pick, somebody, you know, you know, you kind of know what you're going to get with him. Um, but you're never going to expect like, you know, two or three all pro seasons, you know, in a row or anything. So, um, and then number six is, uh, the guy we've been talking about the whole time, Christian Fulton from LSU. So six foot one ninety seven. Uh, 30 and five eighths inch arms. He ran a four, four, six, 40, 35 vertical, uh, 35 inch vertical and 123 in the broad jump. Uh, no bench reps for him. Um, so you mentioned it. The, the injury history is really concerning, uh, really concerning. And then this is the thing that I just don't understand. Like with him, his ball tracking is really bad. Like, He's lost a lot of times when the ball's in the air, and as it's coming down, um, I don't know. It just feels like that he gets beat one on one a lot, just at the catch point because receivers are tracking the ball, and he just doesn't seem to be able to, you know, be all that great at it. Now I have no idea if that's something that a great coach can, uh, you know, coach out of him or you know whatever. I'm, I'm hoping that's the case, but I mean, athleticism wise, the guy is fantastic. His footwork is really, really good. Exactly what you want to see. Um, but yeah, he's he can be over aggressive sometimes. He does get beat off the line because he tries to punch and sometimes he'll miss. Um, he also tends to line up where he's like leaning into his stance a lot, so he's kind of off balance. Um, but that seems like a simple thing that coaching uh, should be able to change. So, but uh, but yeah, just the ball tracking issue and injury stuff. That's why he's not in the top five. But otherwise, um, you know. If he can get that stuff under control, I think he's he'll be a really good corner at the next level. Yeah, so. ankle ankle injuries are are scary, especially for someone that's you know is going to rely on just moving side to like just quick lateral movements more than any other yep. position really. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's scary and it's hard to you know it's it's almost like it's funny because Damon Arnett at seven is the exact opposite of Christian Fulton at six. Like, Damon Arnett, you know exactly what you're going to get, not a high ceiling. Then Christian yep. Fulton, you have no clue what you're going to get, super high ceiling. Yep. It's super. It's just, it's funny. No, that's a really that's a really good way of putting it because you're absolutely right. Like, you could, you know, those guys could not be more diametrically opposed as far as the uh, their futures go in the NFL, mm-hmm. for sure. So, um, all right, yeah, let's get into the top five a little bit here then. Um, so... Uh, number five, we have Jalen Johnson. Three pounds, 31 and three eighths uh, inch arms, ran a four, five, 40, 36, uh, 36 and a half inch vertical, 124 in the broad jump and 15 reps on the bench. So with Johnson, um, his, uh, his speed and athleticism are 
excellent. So this is this is a guy who, and obviously, I mean, he ran a four five forty. So you know, he's I mean, that's pretty fast, but not a blazing speed. But he, I, I think, when you see him on tape or when you watch him play, it he feels like he um, is faster than that four five forty. Like his game speed is a lot quicker. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm playing his highlights right beside our faces right now and oh beautiful he just had, all right he just had a 90 yard interception return just just getting getting by everyone and yeah like he's just he's one of those players he's kind of like uh juju smith schuster terrible 40 time hmm. faster than he actually is yeah yeah and there's a lot of guys that's a uh that's a good point too there are a lot of guys that have that sort of um you know that discrepancy between a 40 and uh you know, their their actual game speed obviously, you know, Jerry Rice and you know, that's probably the most famous example, but who's that? Um, but yeah, but there are a ton of right, yeah. Who's that? <laughs> uh but yeah. So um but yeah, so speed and athleticism off the charts with him, really good. Uh footwork as well. That a lot of times, um, you know, footwork is something you can work on. You can, you know, create uh all those drills and stuff like that where they're, you know, trying to uh up their reaction times, things like that. But like Johnson's just at a level where he's elite. Like I don't, I don't think that his footwork and his quickness, as far as reaction times go, I, I just don't think that this is something that you, um, you know, are, are ever going to coach into a guy and, and teach him. You know, like this, he just has that. That's what he brings. Um, so, which is fantastic, obviously. The um, his length is kind of average, so he's not the longest guy. Uh, but you know, six foot one ninety three. I mean, you don't really expect that. He's not obviously the biggest guy either. So that'll probably be the one concern. Um, you know, is he going to be able to guy that's going to, you know, is he going to be the type of player that's going to travel uh, when there are larger receivers? You know, is is Cortland Sutton, you know, facing Sutton? Like, are you going to be comfortable sticking Johnson out on an island against a guy like that? Like. You know, the, those kind of players are probably going to give him um, a lot of trouble. Luckily, the NFL is trending more towards, um, you know, not trending towards, but you, you do see a lot more smaller receivers that are obviously successful um, because of things like route running ability and speed and stuff like that. So hopefully Johnson um, gets on a team where, you know, they realize what he's capable of um, and they just put him on, you know, players uh, that are a little smaller, more his size. Um, and then he had two shoulder surgeries last year and then another one after the combine, which like, probably not the biggest deal in the world, but it's just one of those things that's like, mm, okay, we better monitor that. Obviously with the coronavirus, um, you know, teams are, they're probably not going to get the medicals in that they would like to get um, with a guy like this. So you're going to be, you know, drafting based on, you know, just hoping that everything's okay or what you've heard is, you know, true and stuff. So, um, I don't know. Could be a risk, but uh, but yeah. But the upside stuff, and like I said, his footwork, um, speed, athleticism, reaction time, that stuff's all really, really good. So that's kind of what he's going to bring to the table. Yeah, um, the shoulder surgeries are. It's kind of like Bryce Hall had a lot of injury history. Luckily for both of them, shoulders, um, or I think Bryce Hall might even had elbow. I don't know. I know all of Bryce Hall's major injuries were on the upper half, which is good. Upper body, yeah. yeah. There, um, you know, relating it back. Chuck, get that Bengals crap out of the feed. Mitch, <laughs> uh, Mitch Price agreed with you, John. He said medicals are going to be crucial, and uh, it's, they're going to be, but they're also going to be probably a little bit harder to come by, like you said. And 
not only that, but let's I, – I thought about this uh, during our last pod, and I didn't mention it. Um, but I definitely want to bring it up now for – as kind of a blanket statement about this upcoming NFL season. So let's say that they're – they do start the season on time. Okay. So, you know, maybe there's some delay with OTAs and things like that. And they don't, you know, some of that stuff gets canceled and things like that. But let's say that the season does start, you know, in September as intended. Um, boy, I think, and this goes for, you know, if you're talking about fantasy football, if you're talking about, you know, the real NFL, if you're talking about, you know, if you're in a state where you can, you know, bet on the games, um, like the teams that have the least amount of injury questions, the teams that have the least amount of uh, changeover with regards to the quarterback position, you know, offensive coordinator, you know, even head coach. Um, I I would not be shocked if those teams are so far behind the eight ball um, that you basically could just look at you know look in August and say, okay, which teams had you know those those changes happen, you know, uh, changes in quarterback, offensive coordinator, head coach, all that stuff. And you could probably just say, like, look, I let's let's bet that those teams are not going to win as many games as people think they are, and then look at the teams that have largely stayed consistent and avoided injury, you know, with their draft picks, free agents, stuff like that. And I mean, they're just like, there's just so much stuff that teams can't do right now that they normally would. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's going to be a huge problem. So I think that's definitely worth monitoring, um, you know, just to kind of see like the teams that, like we said, are just behind because of this whole situation and stuff so but uh yeah jalen johnson hopefully he doesn't fall into that boat but it definitely could happen so um number four i've got trayvon diggs from alabama at number four and uh this is i really like him um so diggs is six foot jump at the uh combine um so he is – this guy is a little bit of a do-it-all kind of corner, which is why I really like him. Um, so he is uh, – he's an excellent zone coverage corner, um, which is really, really you know helpful because a lot of that is just comfort and feel and sort of like you know pattern recognition and just being in the right spot even if you don't necessarily understand why you're there. Like you just unconsciously sort of you know get to the right spot. Um, you know, that's – uh, that's digs all day. So he is, uh, he's a bigger guy, but he's really fluid for his size, which is nice. Um, so, uh, as opposed to some of the other guys that, like you said, are kind of clunky for their size, he's really fluid. Um, his, uh, jamming at the line is good. It's not perfect or anything, but it's, you know, it's like a B plus basically. It's really good. Uh, same thing with his press coverage. So, you know, this is a guy who can cover zone and press. You know, you can use him all over the field, which is really, really helpful. Um, as far as tackling goes, so he's not – he hasn't had the best track record for tackling. So this is definitely an area where he needs to improve. Um, hey, sometimes these guys that are – don't pay your corners yeah. to tackle. Oh, gotcha. That's right. Yeah. Who is that? Who is that that famously said that? Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, we'll just let that go, I guess. Yeah, that's a good idea. So, um, it, it, it is, yeah. It, you always do wonder, especially coming from a Nick Saban system, is that mm-hmm. ability or is that like just not wanting – like you you think it's more towards ability because you don't think a Nick Saban coach player would just be like, I'm not going to tackle, which does worry you right. a little bit. 
Yeah. Um, so, but I think the the good news with uh, Diggs' tackling issue is that he so he's really aggressive, and this is a guy like you know he's got good size and everything. So I, I think I think this is just simply like he's a guy that knows he can throw his weight around, and so he doesn't wrap up all the time. You know what I mean? Like he's just trying to deliver the big hit when you know a simple tackle would be you know way 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 better. So. Um, I think it, I think really it's just that. So I don't think this is the biggest issue or it can't be coached out of him or anything like that. So, we got a, we got um, a question for you. What scheme do you think yeah. he fits best in? Do you like, do you think zone, so, like you said earlier? Or? I, um, I think he's versatile. So he's going to be able to like, I don't, I don't think there'll be a team in the, uh, and he's probably going to go, I, I'd be shocked if he, this is probably a day two guy. So round two, round three, um, Mate, no, I don't. I don't think he's going to go in the first round. Um, That's fair. I guess he. I, no, not with the safeties and stuff. But fair. at any rate, I, let's say day two, day three, or day two guy. So round two, round three. I don't think there's a team that's going to look at him and say we can't use him because he can't do this or he can't do that. So, you know, while he may not be like the best, you know, press cover guy or the best zone, you know, coverage guy, um, he doesn't really have a weakness in either of those spots. So I'd say it's wide open. Um, you know, it's, it's really wide open. So, you know, whatever, whatever scheme, you know, if it's, whether it's uh, pattern matching, whether it's straight, you know, like San Francisco or someone that's just always running, you know, 99% of the time is in some kind of cover three. Um, I think he could be used basically anywhere. So, um, and he also, uh, with regards to the tackling issue. So before 20, Let's see, 2017 was his first year playing strictly on defense. He was a wide receiver before that. So this is just somebody who hasn't been tackling all that long. Does he have so wide that's another part of it. By chance? Yeah. Yeah, he was a uh yeah, exactly. <laughs> so For those of you that are um, watching that are listening that don't know, a brother of Stefan Diggs. He's a yeah, pretty good wide uh, receiver. You might have heard of him. Stefan Diggs' his little brother. Absolutely. Um there's a third one too. Mar- I think Marshawn Diggs is his name. So oh, he's a pretty good ball player. Um, I don't. That's a good question. I don't know. So, college, but though? when I was reading about, um, I can't remember. I was reading about Trayvon and I saw his name come up too. And there was they were. It was just a brief like, yeah, he's pretty good as well. So it's like M A R apostrophe Sean Diggs. So. Oh yeah. Um, I think he plays for UAB. But yeah. He's on their roster. Oh, there you go. Okay. Red shirt the, senior. Uh, Blazers. Okay. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, so uh Trayvon's weaknesses are probably just cuz like I said he hasn't been playing the position for very long, so you know, something that could definitely be uh coached into him, turned around, what have you. So um the uh number 3. I think, I think got uh Jeff- This one is important because I think you might be the highest on him that I've seen, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, so I think that's oh, good. Cool. Um Okay. Cuz I'm excited to hear what you have to say about him. So number three, we uh, have got Jeff Gladney. Um, so this is uh, TCU, um, 5'10", 191, 31 and 7 eighths inch arms. He ran. Woo! That's a lot, a lot. Is because this is uh, Gladney's 
he's a slot corner. Um, and that is just so damn valuable, obviously, in today's NFL. Um, but he's not like tiny, tiny, like a lot of those slot corners are. So, I mean, 5'10", you know, it, it is what it is. But 191 pounds, and he, and he repped 17 times. I mean, like this guy's a bit of an anomaly. Like his footwork and his hips are elite. Like the the um, the ability to chop his feet, stay with any any kind of route, like to swing his hips and get him flipped around and, and just turn and bail when he needs to. Um, you literally said that as he did that on the film. I mean, oh, that's awesome. Perfectly <laughs> was going with the receiver, tight end was running just a little out route. He switched off because they were in some kind of zone. It looked like maybe cover three, turned his hips okay. and knocked the tight end out actually. But wow, uh, yeah, okay, like perfectly and it perfect. You said perfect hips, <laughs> and then he turned. It was nice. Oh man, that's really cool. So yeah, I can't wait to see this, man. This is really exciting. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like like Twitchy doesn't even begin to describe this guy. Like this, you know, th- this guy, like this is perfect slot corner stuff. Like if you could dream one up, you'd want him to be, you know, a little bit bigger than most of them are, but not too big, obviously. Like you'd want him to be uh, so smooth and fluid with the way his, you know, footwork and hips are and everything like that. And like this, this is it. Like his balance body control excellent all of it like really 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 good um and it's funny too like i you know it's not like tcu's like a really small school you know i mean it's not you know 15 20 years ago this would be a guy you never see play right ever and now i mean tcu's on every week obviously so but they just weren't that good of a team so he just really didn't get talked about a whole lot this was one of the guys that sort of surprised um people well me at least um you know, like November, December, January, when started to kind of look into some of this stuff and obviously a lot more, um, you know, I paid a lot more attention to it recently, but, but yeah, Gladney, what a, what a big surprise. Did you, um, did you go back by and, chance and watch the Ohio state game with TCU? I think two years ago. First game? No, uh, no, uh-uh, I did not. Mm, so I might go back and but, watch uh, that now just to see him play because that's highlights people to watching this screen over here. This is highlights. You don't fall in love with highlights but these highlights are fun and you've been talking this whole time about how he's a slot corner which i mean a nickel corner slot corner yeah um so valuable in today's nfl but also he can play outside if need be he's not he's not lost if having to get out there on the outside which is huge no and he's not too small where he can't cover. Yeah, like so if you're, you know, if it's going to be a traditional X or Z receiver, like who's going to line up outside, like uh, Gladney can cover those guys too. So I just think he's going to play slot corner in the NFL. But you're right, he, you know, he played a lot, plenty of uh, field corner um, at TCU. So the um, funny you mentioned that game too, uh, the Ohio State TCU game. Um, I actually, uh, me and my friends went to, uh, we were in New Orleans for that game, um, and actually thought about maybe trying to make it to dallas to catch that game live because we had flown down to new orleans for the uh the browns were playing the saints um that sunday so we got to watch ohio state tcu on saturday and then the next day you know the browns played the uh the saints and um that was the uh week two game when tyrod taylor they tied it up like real late with that antonio callaway that crazy bomb that like yeah, I, I still I don't know how couch. that that thing looked like it was gonna. I, it looked like it was gonna hit the Superdome, the roof. I was like, Taylor threw that like 
out of the stratosphere. That thing you, was so high. Made, I could not believe he caught so that. That made me so angry for Tyrod Taylor's career because I'm like, dude, you're only the only knock on you as a player is that you're scared to throw the ball down the field. And you throw yep. a 60-yard bomb to maybe – now, obviously, it was a – the game wasn't a big deal. There was no pressure. They're underdog. All this, not under pressure, like actually physically in the pocket. But, sure. I mean, one of the best throws I've ever seen. It didn't have it so cool. the magnitude that some throws did, but that throws I, – I bet the percentage of catches on that throw is you know, low 20s. Has to be. Oh, maybe six, ten. five, five, six percent. Yeah. He caught it in the back of the end zone. Full, you know, he's like this. Stride. I mean, oh, my God. And you know how fast Callaway is, yeah. like, you know, and, to catch up to that ball. And incredible for, you know, all the Dorsey haters. That That is, that is why they took Callaway. He was a talented player. He was just a yeah dummy off the field. But right. Yeah. That, that I mean, that was that was such a terrible game, like. I mean, it was a great game, but I kicked my oh. couch. I broke it that game. It was a rough three, rough three week stretch there. Yeah. So uh, shout out to uh, all the Saints fans. No joke. So there's like, I think there were seven of us that went to that game, right? Seven of us Browns fans, and we're leaving that stadium. I swear to you, at least ten people, uh, just out of the blue, walk over. Man, so you know, Saints fans. Man, so sorry about you know that game. It was so close, and you guys probably should have won. And you know, so cool of you guys to come down and, and follow your team. And you know, we, we, you know, I wish I wish you guys would get to have a winning season. Like you know, it's I know it's tough being a Browns fan, <laughs> and you know, we really feel for you guys. Like I swear to God, like ten different people came up to me just unsolicited, and they're just like, I was like, all right, so New Orleans is like the nicest place on earth. So That's cool. you know, but and there's a lot, a lot of beer of and beads and boobs and yeah. stuff so hey, that makes sense three absolutely it's hard to be hard to be pissed off when all that stuff's going on so there's bongs <laughs> and boobs and make people happy sorry to my grandma man, if you're watching this or anyone on my facebook <laughs> yeah but yeah. come on chandler stop talking about boobs man that's all right let's get back to the uh it's needed yeah. it's sometimes needed um okay so top two guys uh number two cj henderson from florida um so six one two oh four uh, 31 and five eighths inch arms. He ran a four, three, nine, 40, uh, which, whew, um, 37 and a half inch vertical, 127 broad jump and 20 reps on the bench, 20. So, um, crazy Henderson is yeah. Fantastic. I mean, there, there really isn't much of a knock, um, on his game. I, I don't know, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe zone coverage, like it, it, you're really at this point, you'd really be nitpicking though. Um, you know, as far as that kind of stuff goes. So, and, um, like, I don't know, some of the tackling stuff comes and goes as well, which I don't know. It, I don't know. If you're, if you're this guy that I don't know how to work. Well, like Jalen Ramsey, like that's, that's the guy who, when you saw him play, you're like, okay, so this is what a corner who tackles looks like. It looks like Jalen Ramsey. So, but you're right. There are a lot of other guys that, you know, they, they can struggle. Um, and like, imagine you're CJ Henderson, right. And you're on Florida. Okay. And every time you're on the sidelines, you know, that the offense, like they're going three and out most of the time, like you haven't had a quarterback in, in the state of Florida since, uh, Jameis Winston and Tim Tebow before that, like, (laughs) it's just incredible, right? Like, I mean, 
I could imagine, and I'm not saying that this is true, and I'm totally guessing here. I'm just saying, like, I could imagine that a guy like this would, especially towards the end of his career, be so frustrated and just, like, you know, maybe you're not going to get, like, his best effort on every single play. So, again, that's totally made up, and I'm not suggesting anything here, and I'm not accusing him. But I, if that were the case and we found that out, I would be completely understanding, you know, of that kind of a, you know, taking a play off every now and again or just not tackling as much as – you know, but anyways, the main reason I say that is because he, in the past, he has been a decent tackler. So it just comes and goes. And so that, like I said, that's probably motivation, effort, you know, stuff like that. Um, but like, as far as man coverage goes, um, you know, like this, this guy is it. Like you're not, um, you're, you're just, you're not beating him. Like he, his footwork is outstanding. His speed is obviously, you know, otherworldly. Um, Interestingly, a lot of guys in this uh, that are on these, you know, these corner lists or whatever, like they all kind of had to go against uh, Jamar Chase. Um, and Henderson is the one by far who held his own against Chase. Like there are a couple of highlights where, you know, Burrow uh, takes that five step drop and launches one down the field. And, you know, it's just Henderson, just just a nice, you know, easy little tap it away. Just nope. Uh, nope, not catching that ball. So, like, he just makes it look easy. He's, you know, fast as hell, and I I mean, it's just, he's incredible. So, man coverage is uh, great. Football IQ is outstanding. Really, really great player. This is going to be a really solid guy. The, the highlight level. that just played a minute ago, for those of you watching, uh, and those for those of you listening, I'll explain it. There was a, a tight end got out on a, I didn't see how he got out there, but it looked like maybe a screen or um, some sort of late release because he was – there was no one. I didn't see anybody on the screen. I just saw the tight end catch the ball. And then all of a sudden C.J. Henderson comes flying in from 25 yards away, tackles him at the two-yard line, makes him fumble it, gets a touchback. And they were up 23-3 to at that point. So the effort's there, and for a top cornerback too. And just just watching him right now, you can see – He's slender. I mean, he is tiny, but he's able to bench 20 reps. So that says something. Yep. There's another hustle player yep. right there, a great, a great tackle. So like you said, the tackles come and go. He kind of, you know, what his abilities, and, you know, he's a man. Go. I'm sorry, we got to watch this. For those of you watching, he just tracked a man. <laughs> oh, my God, the speed. <laughs> oh, my God. If you're listening to this, go to YouTube and watch this right now. That was amazing. That was like those are those plays like the Isaiah Simmons plays that just get you get blood flowing. But anyway, his play, you know, he's kind of like um a greedy Williams. He had some questions around his tackling, predominant man corner, um mm-hmm. questions in the zone. Now, they're not the same player by any means, just the type of arc, arc the the build, I guess you could say. But yeah, yeah he's you know, there there are lots of people in the draft community that have serious questions right now, you know, C.J. Henderson or Jeff Okuda. There are some out there that think that. And I don't think it's absolutely crazy to think that. Now, I think Jeff Okuda is freaking ridiculous. He's special. He's insane. We haven't seen anything like this in a while. But everything's not always surefire. And, you know, anything could happen. C.J. Henderson has some things that Jeff Okuda can't do. But at the end of the day, when your passer rating 
when targeting you is a lower passer rating than throwing you in the dirt every time, like Jeff Okuda was last season, <laughs> something's going on there. Something's going on yep. there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, the difference, uh, I would say, like the little things like the tackling stuff with Henderson, like if that's just motivation and effort, then, you know, him and Akuda are re- are 1A and 1B. I mean, they're so close, like really, really close. Yeah. Um, if that's something that he really just doesn't understand and he needs to be coached, you know, like really coached properly and tackling form and things like that, then that's why you'd put Akuda ahead of him um, because – Akuda does he just doesn't have really any weaknesses which is really is really impressive um so talking about him obviously Jeff Akuda from Ohio State 6'1 uh 205 so 32 and 5 8 inch arms which dear god like that this is guy, absolutely oh insane god. like that's long I mean, I, that's really really impressive I'm sure everyone listening understands this but that that gives him like so many things it does. First of all, at the line of scrimmage, his ability to knock people off track. Two, it gives him – he has an extra step now, theoretically. Like, he has an extra step over some of these guys that he can still get in there at the last second because those aren't – like, he doesn't have to be as tight as some other guys. And then, like, the most obvious is just breaking up the passes. I mean, you, yep. you saw it last year. I mean, I'm sure most people here listening – our Buckeye fans or have watched the Buckeyes. Like the reason this guy is, I mean, this is crazy. You never take, uh, you would never take a cornerback number one overall in the draft. But if Joe Burrow wasn't in this draft, there would be people out there floating around the idea. Like, should someone trade up to get Jeff Okuda number one? It should never be done ever, ever, never, ever, never trade up unless you're getting a franchise quarterback, in my opinion, or someone that's going to absolutely change a franchise chase young miles garrett those types of players but oh my gosh there's just you can't find anything wrong that he does really like anything really wrong you can be like okay he didn't do this that one time that one game it's ridiculous yeah yeah let's no he's uh your your tape on him is so six foot one 205 yeah 32 and 5 8 inch arms like damon arnett his teammate has 30 inch arms so it's it's almost three inches longer. Like that that's unbelievable. I mean that's unbelievable. So uh, just ridiculous. A four four eight forty, forty one inch vertical. He his broad jump is one hundred and thirty five inches. Like <laughs> Jesus. I mean that's it's ten inches longer than Gladney. That's ten inches longer than Jalen Johnson. Eleven longer than Fulton. Like it's un- I mean it's unbelievable. This guy is just out of this world. And then eleven bench reps, which you know it. That's okay. That's fine. It'd be neat if he did, you know, fifteen plus or whatever. But you know, eleven is it is what it is. So, um, you, the longer the so, arms, it like every inch adds tremendous, tremendous difficulty. Yeah, that's a good point. Bench press, and especially when you weigh two hundred pounds, like he's not a lineman. You know, Andrew Thomas has thirty six. Hey, let's just go there. I'm pretty sure Andrew Thomas has thirty six inch arms, right? Something like that. Yeah. And Andrew Thomas is. I'll look up the size right now for you guys. But so it's like I, this man, this what what's Jeff Akuda's size, and then I'll say Andrew Thomas is right back next to it. Six six one two zero five. All right, uh, J- Andrew Thomas is six five and a half, three hundred and twenty five pounds, and they have the same arm length. It's, <laughs> it's just crazy. It's crazy. That's hysterical. But <laughs> that's amazing. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Um, 
But you know, you're fine. Uh, so when it comes to um, Akuda, I mean, like, okay, this is your uh, lockdown shutdown corner. So this is the guy that you just tell, you know, on Tuesday when practice starts uh, for the week, um, he already knows, you know, he's got Julio Jones that week. He's going to be on Michael Thomas. He's going to, you know, this guy, he's going to travel. Um, so, you know, he's not a right corner, left corner, you know, like he's, he's fine. He'll go wherever the number one wide receiver goes. He's your, he's your shutdown corner guy. Um, he would be misused he is, if he's not the most single press like if if he's not used the most and just single man coverage out on an island, right. I think you'd be misusing him. Now you yep. obviously want to talk to him and you don't want to destroy his body. He's got to adjust to the NFL. Maybe not the first year, get him acclimated. But like if he's going up to Detroit, I don't know why they trade Darius Slay away. I would pay Darius Slay if you can have Darius Slay and Jeffrey Kuda in the same backfield, defensive backfield. That's that's another conversation. But anyway. If he can sure. go to a defensive-minded head coach like Matt Patricia, I think that'd be pretty good for him. Um, I think they misuse Darius Slay in a lot of ways, but I think you know Matt Patricia is only going to learn the longer he's a coach. He's a pretty raw head coach, but yeah, I think he would be misused to not be one of the most use used like single-man coverage corners. That's it. Yep. There's just there's no one like him. Yeah. No, this is like Xavier Howard, uh, you know, from, from Miami, like the same kind of, like, you, you don't have to worry about it. Just tell, you know, Xavier and you got, you know, go take, you know, whatever their number one wide receiver is. And that's what he does. And, you know, so, yep, that's exactly, uh, who Okuda is. Um, the difference between him and Henderson, this is the number one thing is that Okuda is not like the greatest tackler in the world. Like he's not Jalen Ramsey, but he's willing. Um, and that's one of the major differences. Like, I don't, you almost don't even care whether they're successful at it or not. Like, is he willing to stick his nose in there? Mm -hmm. Like, that's really what you need to see. Because if guys like that that are willing, like, all the, in the NFL, sometimes, I mean, all you got to do is get a hand on somebody half the time. And, you know, you've got somebody else coming, uh, you know, peeling off you or someone behind or, and I mean, I know NFL guys break tackles and stuff. They're obviously amazing at that kind of thing, but. Um, but I'm just saying the, the ability to, you know, the, the willingness to stick your nose in there and actually want to tackle, you know, that's what really matters with this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, he is he, the, if you see his tape on YouTube and stuff like that, like if you just look around when you get to the part where you see him jam receivers at the line, like, he just did it. oh my God, it's awesome. Like his punch is, it's serious. Like it's really dope. Like he just. He really gets up in you and he just shocks the receiver at the line. Like you can see them, they're altered. And it's that one second that that's all you need to disrupt the timing, you know, especially in the NFL where, you know, the best quarterbacks, like they, they don't have to see the guy be open. They just throw it, you know, in, in anticipation. Well, if you can disrupt this timing, like he can, that's invaluable. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's really, 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 it's a great skill. It's hard to teach. It's, you know, they're, you'd love for all the corners to be, you know, especially press man guys to be really good at the line of scrimmage, but they're not. So, um, and despite the 11 bench reps, he's strong. Yeah. Um, he plays strong at least I should I say. So, and I think the biggest thing, sorry, I, I just have to say this. No, you're good. Is, um, so you've talked about his ability to, um, alter guys at the line of scrimmage. And mm -hmm. when you have a, what's going to be a press man corner, what should be a press man corner. 
Better be. Uh, and his ability to alter people at the line of scrimmage like that, but then not fall victim to using his arms and hands all the time. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like just like in basketball. As a cornerback, he can't hang on to the guy like all the time. He can't use his arms to his advantage. Right. Really on the guy. And you could see in those um, into, on the plays, you know, to the right of the screen just a minute ago, his ability to be here, the quarterbacks, my mic, and the balls getting thrown this way, like his ability to jump in front and mm-hmm. not grab the hip. That is the most penalized, that is the most called defensive pass interference penalty is trying to jump yep. around, use your arms, tip the ball, and grab his hip. Now, part of it's because he has 36-inch 36 36 inch arms, so he doesn't need to do 30, that. 33, almost 33. Oh, I thought you said 36. No, 32 and 5 ace. Good. Where did I hear 36? You were saying about uh, Andrew Thomas probably has 36-inch arms. He does. For some reason, I heard you say Jeff Okuda has 36-inch Oh, sorry. That's why, I was like, that's why I was freaking out saying we need to know. Okay, oh. anyway. Well, I'm glad we got that cleared well, up. Then. That's good. Still has so. long arms. For a corner, I mean, probably towards the top of this class. Yeah, and his ability to I, use them, but and trust himself to not pull on the hip of the defender because a lot of cornerbacks get in good position, do great things, setting it up the play, and then don't trust themselves to use their hands and get a pass interference, screw it all up. And the NFL pass interference is the most deadly, is the worst call. Outside of a holding, which gives you just just stalls a drive, completely. Right. But yep. Yeah. Of the uh, of the fifteen guys ranked, uh, he has the second longest arms, and I'm talking corners and safeties. So um, who's first? Yeah, I mean he's got to be. Uh, we'll get to him. Don't you worry. Is it our boy? We'll get to him. Well, it's our boy. Yeah, in the uh, safeties list. Uh, the the editing. Uh, the the guy I asked you to edit earlier. So. Oh, okay, um, that one. Never but mind. yeah, I thought you meant. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. You meant... Oh no, 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 not our boy. Yeah, no. Uh, uh-uh. um. Yeah. Th- yeah so. All right. Anyway. But Akuda, yeah. So this uh, arm length is, you know, like I said, it's second longest of the fifteen guys that you know we ranked. So, um, wow. and to your point, the um, so a lot of times, you know, corner safeties, the guys that are really handsy in coverage, like a lot of that is confidence. Like they just don't, you know, they don't. They're fearing their ability to, you know, stick to the receiver. Like they don't have the skill or the talent or the knowledge to do it. So they feel like they have to tug and pull, you know, mm-hmm. because otherwise they lose them. And that's why you don't see Akuda getting flagged because he, I, he, I think he just doesn't, he doesn't need it. He, he knows he doesn't, you know, need to do that kind of stuff to stick with anybody. Like, you know, and it's not just all speed, it's pattern recognition. You know, it's um, just being in the receiver's hip pocket. Like you, you just... It's something that you, you know, you, he's almost never you, out of position, right? You and you can coach that obviously, but this is like that's an innate talent he has. Like he's just going to be, you know, in that receiver's pocket regardless. So, yeah, yeah I mean, number one, easy, and I think he's number one on most people's boards. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't see any reason to have like I like Henderson a lot, but Akuda is definitely number one. Yep, I agree. And uh, real quick. Hey, Carla. I yeah. have two Carlas that waved. Hi, Carla. Hi, Carla. Oh, nice. Huh. And then Taryn, too much praise for the skinny guys. Yeah, I know. I know. We got to get back to the big fellows. We'll be doing defensive line soon, though. So, yeah. Come back for that. And then our Absolutely. offensive lineman one's already up. That one was fun. That was my most favorite. But, uh, oh, 
Thick Boys was fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Thick Boys. So. All right. Um. So, safeties. Do you want to do it five through one again? One second. Oh, okay. Yeah, but one second. Ooh, uh, real close. fast, just two names to keep in mind. So, I didn't rank these guys, but there are two corners that are basically primarily slot corners, and I just wanted to throw these names out there so that people are aware. Uh, we talked about Jeff Gladney a little bit, and I, I think the world of him, but – um, so Amik Robertson from uh, Louisiana Tech and John Reed from Penn State are two guys that are pr- that are primarily going to be slot corners in the NFL. Um, and if your team happens to draft them, you know these are day two and beyond guys, obviously. Um, but if your team happens to draft them, uh, get excited because they're going to bring a lot to the table too. Um, but yeah, those uh, we didn't have them on the list, but I definitely wanted to just bring them up so that uh, everybody was aware. Uh, a couple extra guys and. Um, yeah, we might have to, like, in the future, we might have to just start doing, like, separate, you know, rankings within the position, like like boundary corners and field corners and slot corners, and, like, they're almost different positions now anymore, well, so it's kind of crazy. Like, uh, you know, especially with me, like, I still like to learn even more about those things, and I think so many people listening would be like, oh, that would help so much, you know, just, like, learn. it's like when we have Brendan on. Yes. I think I know about yes. something, and then Brendan's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yep. teaches us a whole new thing um well it's really it, it helped me i mean just you make a you make a good point like it's it's you know going through these guys and listening to you know watching the film and tape whatever and you know hearing reading reports about them what other people say like it's it's really helpful um because look i'm gonna be honest like beyond akuda and henderson like most of these guys uh, and we talked about Diggs, how he can play zone and you know man but a lot of these guys are really schematic, like dependent. And so, you know, it, it like these ranking lists are, you know, they're fun. And I, I'm glad I, we get to do this and stuff. But like, if the ninth guy on my list goes third, you know, is the third corner selected, it doesn't mean he's the third best corner. It means schematically he fits what that team wants to yep. do most likely um, because of how different some of these positions, you know, the position within cornerback is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's just something to keep in mind. Like, we want to have a ranking list and think of them, you know, this is the best running back. This is the fifth best running back. That's the 10th. But like a lot of times the NFL is like, look, we can't use these four guys because they don't do what we need them to do. And so, you know, fit and schematic stuff is, is almost more important sometimes. So just something to keep in mind when you see the, uh, as you see these guys come off the uh, draft board uh, in less than a month now, which is crazy. Can't wait for that. Absolutely. And we'll be doing that uh, live. So oh, just like this. That. Cannot that wait. That one will be so much more fun. We'll have a watch. And party. I actually ordered a real microphone, and it should be here soon. So no more sounding like I'm in space, and uh, it's going to look like professional actually pretty soon. So this is going to be fun. You don't Very look, exciting. You don't sound bad. I, that that new headset you have on has been has been working good, but uh, Mike, now, me, uh, now we'll, you'll have the little you know robot arm extender. You'll look all fancy. Oh yeah, overtake me. So I can grab it when. Like a uh, what's it called when a crazy draft pick happened? What? Who they just traded? What? What's going you on? Do the, yeah, the that's Colin gonna be a lot. Cowherd. No, Joy. Let me let me let me uh, transition into this, Joy. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, here. Awesome. he's got the cop video. He's got the grabbing the junk video. He's got the rumors about the cheesecake factory. Uh, Baker Mayfield off my board, undraftable. Now I I said I said Baker Mayfield was gonna be good. I said he was gonna. Oh, he's gonna be a bust. Anyway. You think about the you arm, the whole t- you think about <laughs> <laughs> inside joke if you haven't listened to the show before. <laughs> oh, man. All right, John, 
Are you ready to reveal to the beautiful people? Most people are, at least when I've looked around and tried to take a look at some other people's lists and stuff. Um, and it's not that I really have much against him. Um, like he went to Cal on a track scholarship, so I don't need to see him run uh, at the you know combine. Or they're obviously not doing pro days and stuff now because of the virus and everything. But um, but yeah, so no worries. Like he, you know, that's why he went to Cal. I mean, he was you know wanted to play football, but he was there on a track scholarship, so nothing on? to worry about. Speed. I think he did walk onto the football team. Yes, okay. I'm pretty sure. So, but but have to uh, look that up to be certain. Um, I can search it. But yeah, here it is. Thought I had it here. I don't know. Anyways, if you find it, let me know. But um, but yeah, but with uh, so Davis's um, injury history is a little concerning. Nothing terrible, but like he didn't. You know, he skipped the we not skipped. He couldn't play in the bowl game because of a hamstring injury. Um, you know, guys like this that are, you know, long athletic and have hamstring issues, like that's, that's concerning. And now I'm not saying that that's predictive or that that's going to be, you know, some kind of an issue for him, his entire career. I mean, who knows? Um, but like, I don't know. I, I think I get why people have him up high. I just don't think that there's any like one thing that's so super impressive. The, the, the next four guys on my list all do one thing at least that I think is uh, more elite or just better than Davis does. Um, so Davis is fine, and he's in the top five for a reason. Um, you know, like obviously speed's not going to be a concern. Um, you know, he's a he's a rangy guy. Like he, um, you know, his tape is he looks like sometimes the ball gets thrown and you can like barely see him on the screen, and you're like. Uh, there's no way he's going to get to that. And then he does. And you're like, oh, okay, wow. That's like his closing speed is outrageous. It's really, really good. So um, that's definitely something that he uh, has on the pro side. Um, played some special teams too, which is definitely helpful because a, you know, he can be used in a, a versatile setting in, in, you know, in any team in the NFL. And second of all, there is a lot more data recently with um, the, when a player is successful on special teams in college, as well as, you know, whatever position they play, um, that translates well to the NFL. Like you're usually getting, like you've seen them excel at two different things and, you know, punt returning and stuff like that. Like, you know, being a gunner or whatever it is, um, you know, like if you can excel at that while also being a good safety, like you just, you know, it just shows how versatile you are and how many different things you can do. So that tends to correlate with success in the NFL. So, so he has that as well. Um, but yeah, like I said, nothing terrible, just some injury stuff like that. You know, he's, uh, what's it called? The, um, you know, tackling is fine. Like he's not like a super run support guy. Like he's, you know, he's not, he's not going to be like flying down to the line of scrimmage to, you know, lay guys out or anything like that, but that's just not his game. So it's not that, you know, not the end of the world. Um, but yeah, um, so he's number five, number four. Hold on, uh, I'm sorry. One sec. Oh yeah. Oh hey, yeah. Taryn, if you're still, uh watching were you able to hear him now that i had put his video on that screen if you can just type back that would be so much appreciated I'm working out some oh, technical nice. issues john it's, no this is whatever good. that gotta, thing is you said yeah. at the beginning that's what i have about you never um, you, you know experts never think they know oh enough. the dunning the dunning kruger effect yeah, yeah i'll let you say it each time yep but yeah sorry yeah. go on to kyle duggar this one's interesting because division two guy okay. um so just awesome. Division two. Uh, Lenore Ryan, 
is the is the school, which uh, they are the Bears for anybody that's interested. Uh, it's a real university. Um, so, okay, Duggar is six one two seventeen. Uh, 32 and 7 eighths inch arms. So this, of the 15 guys we ranked today, he's got the longest arms, um, which makes sense because he's, you know, but he's, well, he's 6'1". I mean, there's taller guys, but he has the longest arms. Um, ran a 4.4940, a 42-inch vertical, 134-inch broad jump, and he repped the bench 17 times. So as far as tearing up the combine goes, that this guy did it. I mean, this is beyond impressive. Okay. So now the first question, obviously, with somebody like this is, okay, well, you ask, wait, he played where? Lenore Ryan? Like, okay, so what's the level of competition? And when you watch his highlights and stuff, and uh, Division Two like film is really hard to come by. So, you know, searching YouTube and Googling like Kyle Duggar highlights and stuff, like, you, you know, we're you're probably going to watch the same videos that I watched basically is what I'm trying to say here. So, um, like his, the competition is not good. There are some throws that you're just like, why would, first of all, if you knew this guy was this good, why would any offensive coordinator just be like, do not throw it to that side of the field? Like, don't throw it to the guy who's going to play in the NFL, throw it to the other guy who, you know, is going to be like an accountant or an engineer or whatever. (laughs) Like don't throw it to the NFL guy. So, but they kept, they kept throwing it his way. Um, so while level of competition is a concern, I think the one thing that you want to see, um, do you Chandler? Do you remember like seeing highlights of LeBron when he was at St. Vincent St. Mary? Yeah, I used to watch him. Like, th- there's a video out there of highlights, probably two thousand views or mine from the age of like nine to thirteen. Nice, nice. That <laughs> was yeah. a good humble brag right there. That's but yeah, cool. I yeah. have seen absolutely. Um, do you remember how like? different it looked yeah that's what i like was just about to tell watching... you watching yeah okay. so i'm i have the kyle duggar highlights up to the side of the okay. screen and it's like he re, he's re, returning punts because when you're it's just like in baseball most mlb pitchers played most mlb pitchers played position in college and high school yada yada okay um he just looks way bigger and he looks like he's not running hard, but he's running past every single person. And they keep dragging oh, him by his shirt, but he doesn't isn't falling. It's like watching twelve year olds try to tackle a high schooler. Yes, yes, yep. Like just looks- watching LeBron in high school. Like you knew, you know, you, you knew he was better, but like the level to which he was better was that was the thing that really stood out. Like you were looking and saying, you know, this guy's the same age as all these other guys, but he is so much better. Um, so, and that's Duggar all day, like his on defense. I I mean, he, first of all, like, okay, there are issues with his game. Like he doesn't always take the best angles and things like that. Like he doesn't, you know, um, he's, he's not going to wrap up necessarily all the time, but when he makes the connection, like when he gets to you and it's the right angle, like you're, you're dead, you're done. Like he's going to knock you, knock you on your ass. I mean, it's so impressive. And I like, the point I want to drive home with him is that when you watch his tape, like the, the level, uh, the level to which he dominates that competition, which we know is inferior. That's the thing that stands out to you. You look at it and say, okay, I know he's playing against worse guys, but he is destroying them. Like absolutely destroying them. Um, you mentioned special teams. He, he returned. Uh, I think he had six punt return touchdowns in his career. 
including two in one game twice. So, like, the one was, like, six minutes apart in the game. He must have, like, returned a punt for a touchdown. Uh, they kick off, you know, have some kind of an offensive drive that ends in a punt, and then he returns that for a touchdown too. Like, just amazing stuff, right? Um, so the special teams being really good on special teams, obviously he has that. Um, his, but like 6'1", 217, and almost 33-inch arms, like running a four four nine, athletic, like there's, this guy is a specimen athletically. Um, and of all the safeties, like athletically speaking, he's by far and away like the the best as far as the size, you know, speed combination and stuff like that. Um, but obviously those, you know, the other three, uh, the, the three guys, you know, higher than him on the list all played a division one against much better competition. And so we know a little bit more about their game and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, man, Duggar, this dude is fantastic. And um, I mean, he just, I don't know, like there, there are some weaknesses. He needs to be coached up, you know, that's for sure. Get used to NFL size and speed and things like that. But um, but when you start out with this, like this impressive of a skill set, even if there's some molding to do, like th- this is the ball of clay you want to work with. Like this is the ball of clay that everybody's scrambling to get because if you can coach this guy up, like there, the sky's the limit because there's nothing athletically or physically that he can't do. So I love Kyle Duggar. This is, uh, and and he's gonna go day, you know, what's called day two. Like someone's going to get a huge steal. Like this is going to be such a cool pick wherever he lands. So I can't wait to see that one. Yeah, I so. think uh, I think it's it's just funny because he's one of those guys that the more you watch, the more you fall in love with. Sometimes it's the more you watch, the less you start to like them. And John texted yep. me this morning. He said, "I'm sorry, but if it's not too late, can you change my rankings? I've been watching more Kyle Duggar, and I just can't. I can't have him fifth." that's the type of player he is and that's not the case for most players like the more you watch someone the more you're like oh okay maybe he can't do that very well but yeah it's going to be awesome to see a a division two player most likely get picked high second round mid mid to high second round yeah that no that'll be really cool you're absolutely right um and like just on a personal like level i'm not usually someone who like I don't typically fall in love with the all upside guy, the guy who's like, you know, well, I'm just learning how to play football, but I'm an athletic specimen. And, you know, like I, I'm not usually that guy. Like I would much rather have the guy who, um, you know, maybe doesn't have like the same, you know, hypothetical ceiling, but like he's way safer. But I, I just I do think Duggar is safe. Like I don't think he's a risk like at all, like just based on his current, you know, size, speed, athletic profile, like um and I know the level of competition and all that stuff, but like he, like I'm saying, he was destroying them, destroying them. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't think there's really any, you know, downside. I don't think he's an unsafe pick. Um, he's got a lot to learn, but I mean, I don't know. So does everybody. Like the NFL is, it's really hard <laughs> to play in the NFL. So a lot of guys have stuff to learn. But anyways, I do like him a lot. So um, moving on to number three, Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, from Minnesota, and. Uh, Winfield's, uh, definitely the smallest guy in the group. He's five, nine, two Oh three, uh, 30 and one eighths inch arms ran a four, four, five, 40, uh, 36 inch vertical, 124 in the broad jump. And he did not rep, uh, no benching, uh, at the combine. So Winfield, um, let's see. Winfield is in the top three because there really isn't anything that he, uh, can't do. Um, he can he's he could be a box safety if you need a box safety. He can be your center fielder if you need a free safety. 
Um, co- his coverage skills are excellent. Really, really, really impressive. Right. So um, both uh, man and zone. Like he's this isn't someone who has a weakness in one area versus the other. Um, he's not the biggest guy, so maybe you're not trying to stick him on the uh, you know Travis the Johnson. very biggest. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah, you're gonna you're not gonna. That's a weakness that you know you're not gonna want to let the offense exploit. That's for sure. Um, but when it comes to um, in, in for being smaller on the smaller side, like he brings it too. Like this is a hitter. Um, you know, he can really punish you. Like when he gets, you know, a good angle and gets speed going and everything like this is somebody who really brings it. So it's, it's very, very impressive. Um, special teams, but, uh, too. yeah. So again, common theme here, like this is another thing where, um, you just see like some of these guys excelling on special teams and it's like, well, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, I think, so something I forgot to mention when you brought up Duggar was, you know, there's in today's modern NFL, it's starting to shift towards, you know, three safeties, two linebackers, or, you know, the, the common theme between all of them, no matter who that, extra defensive back you have is is the two linebackers uh and teams are asking safeties or big corners sometimes hardly ever to try and cover mm-hmm. tight ends and with kyle duggar if you're taking him i mean you're you, like you said he's a ball of clay so you're taking him you know i'm thinking i yeah and whether it's right or wrong you know i do this with the you know whoever i talk about is you kind of try to look at your division and say okay what do we need to do well, if I'm yeah. in the AFC West and I'm the any team because those are four very good tight ends, four very mm-hmm. heavy receiving tight ends. I mean, those four tight ends don't block. They are all receiving. Fant, mm-hmm. Henry, Waller or Wallen, Waller. Yeah, yeah Darren good. Waller. Yep. Morgan Wallen, thank you, you hillbilly country singer <laughs> for any of you that don't know that. Um and Travis Kelsey. So if I'm any of those four teams, you know, if I'm mm-hmm. the Broncos, I think, okay, I've got Justin Simmons. I should be okay there. But if I'm the Chiefs, I'm like, I don't want I don't want the honey badger covering my tight ends. I want him to be what he is. He's a great center fielder. You know, he can cover well, but why put him on a giant tight end? Uh right. the, the Raiders certainly do not have a safety that I would trust guarding any of those guys. And then the Chargers obviously have probably the best defensive backfield in all of football right now. So yeah. I like that that's just right off the top of my head. That's the division that I'm like, well, if I'm a team in there, if I'm specifically the Chiefs who will I'm assuming wait, did they give their second round pick for Frank Clark this year? I'm throwing you on the spot. Mm, good question. I think they did. I don't know. So if I'm the okay. Chiefs, you might not be able to get him. But the the Raiders who have tons of draft picks because of the Khalil Mack trade. Like Kyle Duggar's the type of player that personally, I don't know if you agree with me, John, and if you don't say something, that okay. Kyle Duggar is the perfect prototypical safety to come in and try to say like, "Hey, we need you to just beat the crap out of these tight ends. You're quick enough, but you got to like obviously you got to have a coach that can work with him because he's yeah. not there per like he's not mechanically perfect not even close to it really he's just a raw ball of clay with a lot of natural ability but sure and then on the flip side winfield jr he's 
I, I mean, you should never ask him to cover a tight end, like, because that's kind of like the safety role. He, yep. he, but he can do almost everything else very well. I mean, almost everything, yeah. even run defend at such a small. And you know, yeah, as a safety, being smaller can, if you know, being average height is whatever. Being tall can help you, you know, match up coverage against tight ends. Being big, heavy like Kyle Duggar. But then on the flip side, you look at uh, Winfield Jr. He's gonna be five nine riding right behind the linebackers, right behind the offensive defensive line. It's going to be hard to see for quarterbacks. And he could just feast off sitting in the middle of the field, reading the quarterback's eyes. He plays very well in coverage. I, mm-hmm. He's exciting. And obviously he's a Browns fan favorite because of his relationship with Joe Woods. Um, Browns fans love picking Big Ten players. Uh, but he's a great player. Absolutely great player. Yep. That was a long-winded yeah. answer. No, it's great. I mean, Winfield, yeah, he is. I mean, he's like I said, there's really nothing he doesn't do. So um, schematically, he's going to fit almost any, you know, wherever he ends up. If, uh, you know, they can ask him to be box safety or free safety, it's not it's not really going to make too much of a difference. So uh, impressive. Um, so the top two guys. Um, so the, the, I like Grant Delpit a lot, okay? Um, and the the only reason I have him at number two is because uh, this is a – he is a free safety. Um, so this is not going to be like and, – and there are plenty of quotes and quotes from him uh, all over the internet um, about his tackling issues. And so like he's missed a ton of tackles, uh, his, you know, this, la- this past season, 2019 and 2018 as well. Now, interestingly enough, he missed zero tackles in the college football playoff last year. Um, against Oklahoma and uh, Clemson, um, so you know, take that for what it's worth. Obviously, when the, the in the big games, he sh- he really showed up. So, um, but uh, but yeah, but that's been a bit of an issue, and so that's the only reason. Now, there's nothing, you know, uh, uh, your free safety not being the best tackler. Like, okay, I you know, especially in like run, he's not going to be flying up, you know, in run fits and stuff like that. Like, he's it's not something to really worry about. So. You know, I don't know how much of a concern that really is, but like McKinney, and we'll talk about him next, obviously, but McKinney just has less weaknesses. Let's put it that way. Like there's just more that he, you know, he's more versatile. So, um, but as far as Delpit goes, so he's 6'2", 213, which obviously you love the, the size there, um, 30 and 3 eighths inch arms. And then he didn't do, uh, you know, any of the skill stuff at the um, uh, combine. So no 40, you know, no jumps, no nothing like that. Um he was playing with a high ankle sprain in 2019, and so I think that's something that we should, uh, you know, put in the pros side because he had a pretty good season last year, and he was dealing with that high ankle sprain. So, it's one of the you know, if you liked injuries, him last year, one of the nasty, yeah, because you can play through it, but yep. it's just immense pain. Uh, yeah, it's really, and it, for those that don't know, like it's the 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 tibia, the fibula, and tibia, like it's when they kind of like they get forced apart for a little bit and then, you know, it's a real quick motion, but it's like, that's what a high ankle sprain actually is. It's when you're those two bones come apart a little bit. And so, you know, everything gets stretched out in there and you know, like it's, it takes a while to heal. Like you said, you can play through it, but it's, it's incredibly painful. Um, I've never personally had one, thank God, but, uh, but yeah, like it's just, that's a really tough thing to deal with. So, but anyways, he was good, uh, despite that. So, you know, I think that that's something that we can throw in the, you know, like I said, in the pros column. Um, but yeah, like Delpit, I mean, you know, 
speed is not going to be an issue super rangy guy like this is you know your prototypical center fielder like you know covers just feels like he's everywhere on the field you know sideline to sideline like there's nothing he can't get to um so you know like uh football iq uh, ability to diagnose like feels comfortable playing zone obviously um the what's i don't he didn't have any issues with man coverage anything like that I, i'm trying to remember the the one report i read yeah no I, I think that's okay so um but yeah like i said the only difference between him and mckinney is that you know you would never tell like ask delpit to go uh you know in a run heavy against a run heavy team like kind of play up closer to the line of scrimmage and stuff like that so um and so that's basically it but delpit's fine and if his injury you know if the high ankle sprain was what was holding him back a little bit last year and he cleans up some of the tackling stuff like this he's going to be a very good player so yeah you know really not a lot of negatives for him really to be His honest coverage so. is absolutely insane he had at least six combined picks and pass breakups in every single year of his career um okay most players most draft eligible safeties haven't even done that in one year and he's done it on a high ankle sprain <laughs> in one of those years. It's he's incredible. Best coverage ability probably in the draft out of the safeties. But like you said, there's a reason he's not number one, and it's it's my boy. It's our boy. It's my favorite yep. safety in this class. Xavier McKinney from Alabama. Um, yeah, six foot two hundred one, thirty and seven eighths inch arms. He ran a four six three forty, which is strange because he is way faster on tape so uh 36 inch vertical 122 broad jump and he repped uh, 225 19 times so uh plenty strong that's for sure especially for 201 pounds so um mckinney is um you know minka fitzpatrick in that same um I, they're not exactly the same but in that same vein where you're like uh i'm comfortable putting you in a lot of different spots on the field and knowing that you're going to be very successful playing um all over there so you know like this is a he's a cover safety he's a box safety this is a guy who hits um some of his best highlights uh and of course when we watch safeties and corners we're looking for how do they play against you know um how do they play the pass you know what kind of position do they have are they getting up at the point of attack um but his his run defense it's so much fun to watch man like when he diagnoses a play and he's quick at it, uh, when he sees what's going on, he is through the line like a – I mean, it's like a blur, man. He is right on top of the running back or quarterback, whatever, and uh, he's a hitter too. He'll bring it. Like, it's it's really impressive. He just timed it up um, with the video again perfectly. Just yes, just shoots the gap, right. finds the gap on a blitz, gets right to Joe Burrow, tangles him up. It's it's yeah. insane. And it's the, we're watching highlights, obviously, to the right of the screen, but it's – it's hard to find plays of his that aren't highlights. I mean, everything he does, he does pretty spectacularly yeah. well. And there haven't been a lot of players that do as many. I would, I can't think of any off the top of my head. College defensive backs that can do what he does that don't turn out to be that in the NFL. Other positions, you know, wide receiver, running back, quarterback. There are players that can do things in college that you just that you can't do in the NFL. There, very rarely is a defensive back really good in college and then bad in the NFL because that's just a it's a difficult position to play. You know, cornerback is one of the hardest positions to play because so much pressure. You know, there's so much pressure on you. 
per you need to have perfect technique unless you want to get just absolutely torched. Um, so I, I would honestly feel comfortable taking Xavier McKinney at 10 as a Browns fan. Like I, it would be a definite stretch and you shouldn't do it, but I wouldn't be like, well, we just screwed ourselves. I'd be like, okay, we have our starting safety for the next five years and he can play three or four positions for you, but it's not something you should do, but that's the type of player he is. That's the ability he has. Well, I mean, that's the, um, that's the draft question of, you know, like if you're, if you're the Browns and you're at number 10 and, you know, safety's in need and, and Xavier McKinney's a guy for, for them. That's, you know, a, a game changer, like someone who's going to, you know, really turn their defense around. Like if no one's willing to trade with you so you can move back a few picks uh, and ensure that you get him at 14 or 16 or whatever, like, you know, I mean, if that's your guy, get your guy, like, you know, if that's who you think is going to be, you know, if that's who Joe Woods is like, look, I, I need this guy. Like, this is really important. You know, we have to, we, we need to get really good on defense really fast and this guy will do it and he'll help me, you know, turn this thing around. Like, I get it. You shouldn't take safeties at 10, but it's like, I, I don't even, I, I don't know. That part about it is, you know, I don't understand because you're not getting him in the second round. No. There's no chance. Right. And, or, be you know, what you don't want to do is mid to late twenties. Right. That's, I was just going to say, you're not even getting him at like 24, 25. So, um, and then what do you want? You know, do you want to take 41 and package that up and have to, you know, pick a 10 and then again at like 17 or something like that? Like, exactly. I don't know. I just take him at 10. Like just take him when you have the chance to take him if you like him that much. Joe Woods thinks he can turn this team around. And I think people need to, people need to just relax a bit with the left tackle at 10. It's important that the Browns get a left tackle, but you can hate PFF if you want. Here's what PFF does. They diagnose what's happening in the NFL and they find patterns and, and they find patterns and predict things before they're, you know, widely known. And something they predicted a few years back and now it's true. I mean, it's been true, but it's now out there is that you just got to get back to average with your offensive line. That's all your offensive line needs to be. If you have the right team, the right players, the right coach, your offensive line just needs to be average. So this is for the Browns in sp- general. If if you have a player at 10 that's not a left tackle, by all means, you can go get him. Left tackles not even in the top, you know, 3 or 4 for positional value. Like it's it's important to have good offensive linemen, but it's not necessarily a winning formula to have five elite offensive linemen. Look at the Cowboys a few years back so many examples like, it's the it's that's not the winning formula the winning formula is to have elite edge rushers elite passers at least pass ca- elite pass catchers and elite pass coverage defenders so quarterback defensive end safety cornerback wide receiver like those are the the five things you need to focus on and if you think i'm crazy go look at the chiefs go look at the ravens go look at the Patriots for most of their tenure, not now. They haven't had an elite wide receiver in forever. But you, you, do you see what I'm getting? Am I making sense or am I rambling? Yeah. No. Yeah. Like not. Well, first of all, you can't even pay five elite linemen. Obviously, no. with the you know the salary cap being what it is, so you're never you know that's like what the Cowboys did a couple of years ago is never probably never going to happen again. No. So maybe once or twice in like 20 years or something, but it's not going to be a formula for success. Two, like a lot of. Um, 
you know, especially with like a zone offense, like a zone, uh, a wide zone scheme or an outside zone running scheme, like Stefanski's going to run with the Browns, um, you know, it's almost more important that the unit functions like, you know, together, right? Like then having one elite guy and then a bunch of average guys, like you might to maximize your roster, you might, okay, look, we can be, you know, average to really good on the offensive line and then have this one elite safety. Mm -hmm. Um, and that might be the way that your team overall gets better. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll talk- like you said, you, you just don't need like five elite guys on the line of scrimmage. We'll talk about necessary. this more when uh, Brendan Leister joins the show to talk about Brown's needs going into the draft. But I, I'm, I'm to the point right now where I absolutely do not want to draft a left tackle at 10. I mean, hmm. it's just I think Andrew Thomas is going to be a starting left tackle in the league for t- 10, 15 years. But if in, uh, we have Odell Beckham Jr., we have Jarvis Landry. I understand that. If I can get mm-hmm. C.D. Lamb, if I can get Jerry Judy, if I can get an elite pass rusher or pass coverage guy, that's where I'm going to lean towards. Because two reasons. The, the, the odds of keeping Jarvis and Odell around long-term money-wise is it's slim. It's not, it's not impossible, especially with the bump. In the salary cap, and you know, if you're not paying a right guard like we are now, if you don't have to pay a left tackle big money, if you can get a third or second round guy, there. And then on defense, you know, there's one piece you're gonna pay in Miles Garrett for right now. You know, maybe Denzel Ward when that time comes. Yeah. Around. But you know, Vernon's gonna be right. gone. Richardson's gonna be gone. Billings and Larry Ogunjobi are not gonna get big contracts. No linebackers on the roster that are worth any money. It, no safeties worth any money. Like it's just. <laughs> there's right. not a lot so it, it's possible that they could keep those two at wide receiver but just for a minute think about a cd lamb jarvis landry odell beckham jr baker mayfield nick chubb offense theoretically austin hooper the, uh, uh, austin hooper david and <laughs> kareem hunt theoretically you would never it's a lose loaded a game. team that's um but <laughs> Feeding all those guys would be difficult, but I mean, I mean, it's it sucks to say, but even you know, trading out a Odell Beckham Jr. or Jarvis Landry with a CD Lamb and packaging those guys to get a, another player, it's not something that's off the board. And I, I, I guess I'll I'll end this talk with this, uh, end this section with this. I don't see the Browns taking a tackle at ten. Could be completely wrong. Okay. If they trade back, I can see it happening, but I think. These guys yeah. are looking at analytics, and the data shows that having an elite offensive line does not does not equal wins. It just does not. Yeah. Back to average. Average offensive lines win. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Look at the you know San Francisco 49ers. They're a good offensive line, but they're not paying five guys. Anyway, uh-huh. yeah, that's that's my Browns take for the draft. Yeah. Um, I think uh... – if they end up with a tackle, Isaiah Simmons, Xavier McKinney, uh, or maybe or maybe Lamb or Judy, I think, I think I'd probably be fine with all those to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Like, and I haven't entirely given it like tons and tons of thought of you know we're covering these uh, positions and free agency and other stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, you just mentioning that like hearing, you know, with the tenth pick in the draft, the Brown, you know, CD Lamb. I I don't I don't see myself like you know being like oh my god what a waste like that's ridiculous you know like it's it's a 
huge weapon on an offense that's already, you know, on paper looking really good. So, um, yeah, it's hard to be pretty pissed off. I'll about give you that. my and same thing. Deal. Like if they do, if that happens. I'm buying a okay. CD Lamb jersey because I think CD Lamb's ceiling is much higher than Odell Beckham Jr.'s. And Odell Beckham Jr. is a great wide receiver. What? You you don't think CD Lamb's ceiling is higher than Odell's? No. Oh, you're nuts. Oh, you're absolutely nuts. No. I love CD. There Lamb. isn't a single. Okay, all the are there still people on the thing the chiming in on the chat no one's chimed in in a while okay well if let's we'll put this on twitter later or whatever like there who has a higher ceiling in the nfl odell beckham jr or cd lamb i think i might win like beckham beckham was like off to the best start of any receiver ever oh, I 100% and he agree. played with eli manning i agree i i I love Odell Beckham Jr. I I wrote Oh, I know you do. I wrote an all decade I wrote about an all decade team for ATB Sports. You can still find it on the website. And he's on my all decade team. I got a lot of flack for it. And I'm like, uh, did you realize he was off to the most historical start to a career in like five year stretch ever? ever? Yeah. Yep. I but Yeah. A lot of things go into that. I think, you know, it sucks, but partially playing with Eli Manning held him back and he still was off to that start, which is unbelievable. Yep. Um and then obviously last year, Hertz Hertz's yeah. you know overall career trajectory. A shitty coach, shitty offense. And still played I mean, just, well. You know, switching teams hurts, right? And you know, and then he was at the sports hernia too. He had yeah. that obviously the whole entire good. year. He so. still played, you know, yep. better than most receivers. Uh, but I just think that if CD Lamb, you know, obviously, I guess I should I should have phrased it differently. If, as long as CD Lamb doesn't go to the Chicago Bears. I think his ceiling is higher than Odell Beckham Jr.'s because I, I the the size, the ability to separate, which obviously Odell Beckham Jr. has all these things too. But then the thing that separates C.D. Lamb and Odell Beckham, Beckham Jr. to me, I'm pretty sure C.D. Lamb's 6'2", yeah. and I think Odell's 5'11". I think. That's top of my head. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think Lamb is all that big. I think he's 6'1", 6'2". Uh, Anyway... But the biggest thing with CeeDee Lamb is his ability to create after the catch, which Odell Beckham Jr. is one of the best in the league. CeeDee Lamb might just be that much oh, better. You're right. My bad. I was he he's six two and a half. It was his weight that I remember thinking, Oh, I'm I was surprised he wasn't over two hundred. He's hundred and ninety five. Um, he plays like he's so that's the that. thing. But you're right, he is tall. So that's a yeah, good point. But um, at the same token, like this is a college prospect who Mm-hmm. Could turn out to be terrible in the NFL. I don't think that's going to happen. But, like, True. I'm not trying to take away. Like, there are people out there that think Odell Beckham Jr. is an overrated wide receiver. And those people are wrong. You are wrong if you think that. Hate to be blunt. Correct. Um, no, no, no. Very talented. You're right. So. But yeah, um, we'll have, to, all right, we'll so, have to talk about that some on a different pod or put it up on a poll. Oh, yeah. It's an interesting topic. For sure. Um. Actually, yeah. Actually, we'll ask uh, Brendan that next time we have him on for sure. I'd be curious to see what he says about those two. I bet his um, answer will be something about, I don't really like to compare careers. So he'll have some super political great answer and we'll both be like, shit. Well, it'll be like smart and nuanced and we're trying to get like a hot take out of him. It's hysterical. So exactly. Screaming, but uh, be yeah. Um, all right. So just wrapping up McKinney then real fast here. Um, we got all so, a little bit there. My bad. Yeah, we you know we do we we do what we do so, um, but uh, yeah like I think I want to be really clear with this like the 
um, like Grant Delpit, as far as being a like the the center fielder type free safety, like Delpit is better than McKinney at that, and he's better now, and he probably always will be for his entire career. Like uh, McKinney's not someone you would just like stick back single high and be like, uh, yeah, man, just kind of like cover everything, take the whole field. Like, you, you know, you'll, you'll be all right back there. Right. Like he would be like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, that's not what I do. So, um, whereas Delpit, like you could stick him back there. Like that's, you know, that's his skill set. So, um, but despite that McKinney, like he's really good. His zone coverage skills are excellent. He's really, really good in zone. Um, and he's fantastic in man as well. Like I said, he's a physical guy. Like he does, he plays really great with his hands. Like he's not, he's not an overly grabby guy, not a like huge penalty guy. Um, but yeah, you know, he's, he, he uses them appropriately. He sticks with receivers. Like, you know, he's just, it's, it's really, really, it's solid. It's, it's very impressive what he mm-hmm. does. So, but, um, but yeah, but as far as like that kind of center fielder type thing, like that's not who he is, you know, in the same way that Delpit's not just not a box safety. He's not going to put his, you know, stick his nose up in the line of scrimmage, but, um, McKinney will. So, but yeah, like, um, you know, despite that, there's nothing like McKinney, you know, zone man, everything like there's nothing he can't do. Um, he's definitely physical enough for sure. Like, you know, six feet tall, but he feels like he plays a little bit bigger than that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he just I don't know, like he's an easy number one for me. He's kind of like um, like Winfield has a very similar skill set skill set in that he's really versatile. Um, McKinney's just better, like all around it, all of it. So and obviously a little bit bigger, too. So um, but yeah, so. That's why we have uh, McKinney at number one. Um, again, like s- schematic-wise, like what kind of defense you know their future NFL team runs is going to really dictate. Um, you know, like if you've got a free safety on your on your roster, at, at you know, like someone you're maybe paying a lot of money to or expect to be paying money to in the next year or two, like you're you're probably not drafting Grant Delpit. Like it's just that simple. Like there's just that's overkill. You'd have two guys. Like you don't. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, so that, you know, you might go with McKinney there or Winfield or, you know, Kyle Duggar, something like that. So so just keep that in mind. Again, these rankings are, you know, it's fun to have an idea of, you know, in, in a vacuum, where do we have these guys listed, uh, you know, according to skills and athleticism, speed, you know, traits like that. But um, but a lot of it is schematic, too. And if, you know, they're going to end up on a, a an NFL team that's going to use them uh, to the best of their abilities. And so if they value you know, uh, you know, a, a rangy guy like Delpit's it, you know, if they want some kind of a, you know, a little bit more of a, an enforcer, kind of a menacing guy, you know, it's going to be McKinney. So, uh, it doesn't mean that one's better than the other. It's just, you know, kind of the way, uh, uh, the way the, the NFL teams are going to structure themselves. So that's all. But, uh, yeah, so that's the, uh, that's the list. We made it through, uh, all 15 and, uh, had a couple extra slot corners thrown in, uh, just for fun. Yeah, I know a lot. I've actually, seen a lot of hype around Amik uh Robertson it was nice to have you Adam in there it's uh yeah those those Texas teams just get forgot about I mean outside of the obvious Pac-12 I don't know if I've talked to you about this we, before but Pac-12 players wait, wait, just, wait. just get forgotten about because you know most people on the east coast don't watch a lot of Pac-12 games they play midnight on Saturday night you're kind of worn out from watching college football all day and it happens so it's it's um but this isn't pack 12 but it's just i just wanted to throw that out there that just drives me nuts and i fall victim of it too oh, I was, okay i was gonna say i'm like hold on i i wrote down louisiana tech i'm like i hope i didn't screw that no, up no i was I'm just, like, I I was just going player? off on one so, of my stupid okay. tangents 
Like, um, no, Washington you know what? Stanford and at midnight, I'm like, oh, I could go to bed. So living, uh, living in Los Angeles for six years, like, you know, the first college football, it's you know, it's nine a.m. when the first game comes on, and so you know, you like that college game day is on at six a.m. So you're up, you know, five forty-five. Get the coffee brewing. You're like, all right, let's watch some game day, and then we'll get settled in for. You know, and then you're right. Like the 7:30 game out there is the Stanford, you know, UCLA, and then Hawaii is gonna start at like 9:30, and so you know you could watch like <laughs> it feels like 18 hours of football in one day, and but the rest, most of the country is not seeing you know a a, a, a solid third of that football. Like you know, most of like you said, the East Coast, like you don't catch very many Pac-12 games whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, last year. The first game of the season uh, for my for Tommy's team, my brother, you know, they went out to Arizona State, and you know, it's a ten o'clock start for us, and we're trying to figure out like which which one of these streaming services, like YouTube TV, doesn't have the Pac-12 network, but uh, Sling does, and so you know, you got to sign up for a free trial of Sling TV to watch that <laughs> game. Like, you know, it's ridiculous, but um, but yeah, and then it kicks off at ten, and you're just like, holy moly, it's already late. Like, yeah, <laughs> we got a whole game to watch. <laughs> It's the same thing with the NFL. Get up early and do the NFL stuff. It's Sunday night football yeah. game. It's, if it's not a good game, it's I've fallen asleep to um I just my mind just went away. I don't remember what I was talking During about. During this sentence. Right in the middle of this sentence even. <laughs> what was I talking about? Uh the NFL, the Sunday night game, if it's boring. Oh my god. You said that Holy crap, yeah. I don't know what the hell You're just happened. Okay. I've fallen asleep to that. I've, I mean, it's just like Chris Collinsworth has put me to sleep numerous times. Like, and it's not because he's a bad announcer. I think he's actually pretty good. He gets a lot of hate, but like, yeah, he he's does. like a lullaby. Like, I hear, I hear him, and it's like the game's not very close. Oh, I'll just close my eyes real quick. Wake up at four in the morning in a cold sweat. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. No, I know you're right about that. Like, if it's not the best game, it's tough to get through. That's for sure. The Monday night game too, sometimes. So, oh, but um, especially with booger. But yeah, ugh, I can't wait till they. Why couldn't they figure it out? Why couldn't they just hire Tony Romo and put him on? That would have been John, phenomenal. This, I got my fingers pointing like seven different ways. This is a podcast, <laughs> so we're likely going to be talking about sports podcast stuff. <laughs> Poor guy. Makes sense. I mean, Makes sense. he's a nice guy. He's just bad. <laughs> At what he does. Yep. But all right, is there anything else you wanted to add it in? You wanted to add in? Um, no man. Uh what's it called? We've got um let's see. So we have um we're gonna do defensive line, uh and edge rusher uh next week, and then we have receivers and tight ends and uh the following week, and then that's it. We've got all the positions done. Um so yeah, anybody you can go back. Um th- this is the first video of the positions correct everything else was in podcast format uh, yeah 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 okay so yeah if you want to check out the other ones uh you know the wherever our podcast you know wherever you normally listen that's where you'll find the other positions the offensive tackle quarterback running back you know all that stuff so um be sure to uh check those out if you haven't already and uh we've got a couple more coming up uh hopefully we'll have brendan leister on again before the actual draft so we can touch base with him about um you know, wrap up free agency basically in its entirety and then also focus on the draft. You know, what are the Browns what are, now really? What are their needs and what are they going to be, uh, you know, looking to do? If we heard any rumors at that point, you know, trades, trading down, up, anything like that, uh, 
you know, are they starting to zero in on some players? Hopefully we'll have some news by then. That'll be great. So definitely looking forward to that. And then, um, yeah, we'll do the same thing, uh, like we did tonight for the draft, be, uh, all live and everything. And, um, yeah, I can't wait for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. So hopefully we'll get, uh, hopefully we'll get you beautiful people to join us and, uh, watch the draft with us. And I've got an idea on how to get you to be able to see my screen. So that would help. That would help you a lot. Oh, while still social distancing? While still social distancing and keeping the video portion. How very responsible of you. I love it. Yeah, we had one minor mishap. I didn't add you. I didn't add your NDI into the um, rankings. So I think when I showed the rankings, there were no there was no sound. So I'm going to put that precursor out there. I didn't have the rankings up there for long at all. It'd be like a couple seconds here, a okay. couple seconds there. I'll let people know okay. that. Um I had someone comment. There's no sound when I had your, sh- when I had the rankings up. But uh, okay, things happen. Things happen. Yeah, we're getting used we'll to it. it next we're time. trying new stuff out here. So hopefully you guys enjoyed Absolutely. this. If you're still watching live right now, which I see a few of you are, thank you. Uh, this is our first time doing yeah, this. Yeah, big time. Thank you. Uh, for those of you that answered at the beginning of the show, that was really fun. Maybe we'll start out every show with some trivia. Ooh. I got another good one uh, for next week too, for sure. I, that I know right off the top of my head, so we can uh, we can definitely do that for we'll sure. Do, we got tri- I got trivia questions for days. We'll get some trivia and maybe some free merchandise if you play along and win, something like that. We'll we'll think it's awesome. All right, um, yeah. You can follow me at Chandler Adams with two S's uh, on Twitter. You can follow John at Cleveland Spider, and that's Spider with a Y. And um, this will be up on. YouTube, Twitch, you can find us over at Facebook at ATB Sports Network. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Obviously, you're listening if you are. Uh, yeah, we're going to keep trying to get you content during this dull, dull sports world right now. But the draft's coming soon, and yep. we will be here for you. Yep. Uh, if you were listening, uh, watching live tonight, or if you're you know, watching it on YouTube later or listening in a podcast format, um, just thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you so much. Like the uh, the most precious thing you have is uh, your time. It's and what you do with it. And so if you're spending it with us, um, that's really cool, and we really appreciate it. And uh, you know, I mean, I love doing this, but it means nothing if people aren't listening and enjoying it as well. So hopefully you are, and uh, you know, just thank you for tuning in. However you did, really appreciate it. Yep. Thank you all, and have a good night. This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATB Sports as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. Across the Board Sports is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Daily prop bets for all kinds of sports where thousands of dollars are up for grabs every single day. Want free money? Use the code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Download the free app in the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. And don't forget, use the code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Across the board sports, unique sports coverage.